Hello, my name is Dorian, and this is episode number five of the Song of the Olive Press, a walk through the book of Philippians. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and strengthen those followers of Christ who are going through an olive press. They feel as if they have been placed between two stones, squeezing all the oil out of their lives. This podcast goes out with a hope and a prayer that God may turn our time in the olive press into a song. Thank you for coming back to my podcast. I trust God has spoken to you through these podcasts, and I am confident He will continue to speak to you as we carry on with our walk through the book of Philippians. Last week I told you about my Pharisee time, and how God spoke to me saying, I am not like that. And it got me thinking, how finding out who God is, and what He is like, is the great adventure in life. That is, if we should choose life, I mean if we should choose Jesus, who says He is the way, the truth, and the life. With that on my mind, I was reading Luke 19, and I saw the words in verse 3, as if for the first time, it reads speaking of Zacchaeus, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Zacchaeus did not just want to see Jesus, he wanted to see who Jesus was. Zacchaeus had a burning question. Who is this one people are calling the son of David? Like Saul of Tarsus after him, Zacchaeus' heart was asking the great question, Who are you, Lord? It is no wonder, then, that Jesus singled him out. Remember, a lot of people were there that day. And having focused his attention on Zacchaeus, what did Jesus do? Go to dinner in Zacchaeus' house? Yes. But so much more. By his actions and his words, Jesus showed Zacchaeus who he was. Jesus answered the question Zacchaeus dared to ask. Who are you, Lord? Of course, this was just the beginning of Jesus answering the great question. It will take eternity to fully understand the question, Who are you, Lord? In this story, Jesus was revealing himself as the Son, as we find in John 3.17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Thinking on how breathtaking this story is, I have a question for you, just to keep in the back of your mind. The question is this, does God love drama? May he even have a flair for the dramatic? We do. Everywhere we need to create drama. From the buildings we build to the play of children, from the great to the small. If we are given the freedom, 
we weave drama into everything. Bringing us to the conclusion, if God loves drama, then our love of drama makes a lot of sense, because it would be a reflection of being created in the image of God. So putting that question, does God love drama, someplace, let us begin. Remember from podcast 4, we are standing back and taking an overview of Philippians 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. As we saw, it begins with the words, being confident of this very thing. So it is a declaration of faith. In podcast 4, we talked about faith and declaring that faith as fundamental to our lives in Christ. They are both the beginning point and the continuation of our walk with Jesus. As promised in this podcast, I want to focus on confessing our faith, as Paul said in Romans 10, verses 8 to 10. Reading from the New King James. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So somehow there is a connection between faith and speaking out that faith. Obviously, faith in the heart is not enough. It must become faith on the tongue. Ultimately, what we see is faith like a seed taking root in our hearts, then becoming words in our mouth. And once faith becomes words, it does its job. As we see in Romans 8 and verse 10, Confession is made unto salvation. But we have to ask the question, does anything come before faith in our hearts? Does something create faith in our hearts, or like gives birth to it in our hearts? Or does faith always exist in our hearts, waiting for us to speak that faith out to kind of wake it up? Okay, what is the starting point? Because that would be the most crucial point. The point on which everything hinges. We find that in Romans 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There it all starts with hearing God, which births faith in our hearts, and faith flows out of our mouths, bringing us salvation, fellowship with God and His people, fruit, and purpose in our lives. But it all begins with hearing God's voice. The Bible is full of listening. Ecclesiastics 5 and verse 2 from the New King James Do not be rash with your mouth, 
and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. To put that in modern words, shut up and listen. Sorry, I got carried away. Better start at the top again. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven, and you on earth. Therefore let your words be few. Why should we have few words? Obviously, so we can listen. It all begins with hearing God. If it all begins with hearing God, then my listening is far more important than my speaking, because my speaking would be the fruit of my listening. The book of Psalms begins by speaking of the blessed man. In Psalms 1, verses 2 to 3, it reads, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. He meditates day and night. That must contain a lot of listening. And probably one of the greatest stories about listening is Elijah in the cave. You can read the whole story in 1 Kings 19. But for brevity's sake, I will only be reading 1 Kings 19, 11-12. Remember, Elijah, having fled from Jezebel, was hiding in a cave. 1 Kings 19, 11, and 12 God said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Why the strong wind, the earthquake, and the fire? God knew how he was going to speak to Elijah. Why does it not just read, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord? And the Lord spoke to Elijah in a still, small voice. That works just fine. Why all the drama? Aha! We have our question. Does God love drama? It is drama with a purpose, but it is drama nonetheless. The roaring of the wind, crashing of rocks being broken apart, the shaking of the earth, the blasting and heat of the fire, the sounds, the smells, the fear, and the sense of absolute helplessness before such power. That is drama. And drama with a purpose. It is laid out like a great Gothic cathedral pulling our eyes upward to the pinnacle. And in this case, what is at the pinnacle? A still 
small voice. And if God is going to speak to us in a still small voice, we had better be listening. When we lay out our pieces in order, we can see the parts working together. God speaking, we hear, birthing faith in our hearts, bursting out of our mouths, and affecting everything we do in life. And I might add, that is what is happening right now. God is speaking to you right now. Maybe the earth is not shaking beneath your feet. But didn't we just read about the still small voice? Line upon line, line upon line, your Father is building faith within you. God speaking to us can be personal. God speaking into our hearts. And God does want a personal relationship with us. And there can be no relationship without communication. Or, God could speak to us through a book or a sermon. After all, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 21, It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. This can only happen if God spoke to people through people. But the primary way God speaks to us is through his written word. And it is important to add that God's written word is also the test for all other ways which God speaks to us. That means if we feel God has spoken to us through a sermon, it must line up with the written word. That goes for this podcast. We are responsible before God to try the spirits. I know this is a bit of a side trail, but I would be negligent if I did not bring up the other test we must put everything through. That is the test of the fruit. What is the fruit of any given prophecy or teaching? Jesus tells us in John 15:26 that the Spirit of Truth will testify of Him. Therefore, anything coming from the Spirit of Truth will have the effect of focusing our lives on Jesus. So any prophecy or teaching, no matter how much it is telling us what we want to hear, must pass through this test. Does this focus my eyes on Jesus? Or do I find it causing me to focus on something else? I want to leave you with a thought to meditate on during the week. In the Gospels we read what Jesus did and what he said, his words. If we put that together with Revelations 12 and verse 11, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Our testimony would consist of the same two things. Firstly, what Jesus has done in our lives, this we give testimony of. And secondly, what he has spoken into our hearts, 
that birth faith so as to come out of our mouths. It would be like a choir when the high notes and the low notes blend together into a beautiful song. I know I'm going too far, forgive me, but I would like to call this our testimonies, the song of the Olive Press. I have more thoughts on faith in our confession, but it will have to wait until next week. Until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. If you think of anyone who would be blessed by this podcast, please send it on with prayer. Thank you. God willing, I will be posting the next podcast this Wednesday.